Hello and welcome to Universally Challenge, the podcast where we do cultural criticism from a biblical perspective. At least sometimes we do cultural criticism. I know we've been doing a lot of theology lately. Doesn't seem like people enjoy the theology ones as much. We're doing a little bit of both this week. We're covering a campaign called He Gets Us. Probably a lot of people have seen it. If you've watched football, sports, commercials, evidently this has been a thing for a while. I noticed where they started last year during the Super Bowl. I didn't see it then or else I saw it and I didn't register it. During this football season, I just happened to notice the commercials. So I figured we would address it. Whenever I went to look it up, evidently people have addressed it months ago. But eh, I think we'll do a better job. So just listen to us on it and don't worry about what everybody else is saying. Before we get into that, I was going to talk about the G3 expository workshops they're great i went to one this last week and if you have any of these in your area i would suggest going to them very challenging challenging for me of course i'm lower level uh but there was pastors there that have been pastors for years that spent time in seminary and it still stretched them and it really is a a good workshop they want you to pull the truth out of Scripture and deliver it to your congregations or your Sunday school or whoever you're ministering to. So it, that, that's the best thing. And it, and it was just uh, encouraging to see so many men that got together and traveled distances to get there that are serious about the Word of God and what the Word of God says. The, those are really good workshops, and I suggest that anybody that gets a chance to go to any of the G3 workshops... Uh, sign up they they have one coming up not too long from now i'm not sure where it's located but it's uh it's like a worship workshop for worship leaders so not not my thing nobody wants to hear me worshiping very loudly i do it and i i kind of keep my voice low when i'm singing but if you if you're inclined in that area or you're a worship leader you might look into that well, it sounds like something that could be uh, beneficial just to the layman. When oh, when you were explaining yeah. it to me last week, I was worried that, you know, what benefit can you get out of it if you're not yeah. a preacher? But no, it's not no. what it sounds like at all. No, it's really great. It, to me, it would be great to get a group of guys together and take a couple of verses and, you know, have everybody work their own and like maybe once every four to six weeks get together and go over them. Cause, and this is what I talked to uh, Dr. Atterbury about. I said, you know, it's always beneficial to learn how to rightly divide the word of God, no matter what you're doing. Because no matter who you are, you still have a, if you have a family, you have a ministry. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a family, you should be out there in ministry somewhere <laughs> doing something because you need to be ministering to somebody. Uh, you don't need to be keeping it to yourself. The point of what we're here to talk about today, and this is for anybody that, I'm sure anybody that's watched sports, uh, pays attention to commercials. My thing is, I don't watch a lot of TV. I was watching the Cowboys, but I think everybody saw how that turned out. So I'm thinking next year, I'll start watching them when they make it to the NFC Championship game. That's about as <laughs> You much may never as, watch a game. <laughs> I may never watch them again. They said that... I, Steven said that he hopes Dak's their quarterback for the next 10 years. So that I'm thinking surely he's just saying that just to, just to say it. But Well, but, and he wants to coach, to coach as long as Tom Landry. Uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> goodness, goodness. I don't even know what to say in that. And we, we hadn't talked about it, but um, the, I, that last game, and I don't care as much anymore, Scooter. I honestly have gotten to a point where I realize that these are kids playing a game that are making millions of dollars, and whether they win or not, I win nothing, okay? I get this, but they make me care by, like, winning a playoff game <laughs> or looking like they got a, like they got something they can put together. But I watched that football game, and that was a very winnable football game. It was. The team that we played was not better than we were. Mm-hmm. And it's just not on that day for sure. No, they they sure weren't. And just little things like not being able to kick extra points and not being able to trust your guy to get a field goal, giving up points at the end of the half like that. It was just oh poor poor decision. Red zone tournament. I don't know. Did you see the one stat in the NFC? Uh I think there's like the last eighteen years there's been a different conference championship winner, something like that. But let me get back to my my real point. The the chance of anyone in the in the uh-huh. NFC, and of course Dallas is who we're talking yeah. about now, of going seventeen years without making a conference championship appearance was less than two percent. Oh, really? <laughs> how about for the, how about that for a prop bet seventeen well, years ago? Who us and the Vikings? <laughs> you know, I don't. 
I don't know. But, hey, this is one I saw that I couldn't believe. And if you're talking about odds and probability and stuff, was was it the first week? Was it the Chargers that was dead, was up 27 points on Jacksonville? Is that what it was? The first week no, of the playoffs? Yeah, wild card weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Somebody went on and bet $1.4 million that the Chargers would win the game. They were going to win $11,000 if the Chargers won. And, of course, Jacksonville come back and won. They lost $1.4 million betting on (laughs) I hope they had it to give. I hope it was like nothing to them because that would hurt so bad. (laughs) Who is going to risk $1.4 million to win 11, even if you think it's guaranteed? Someone with a lot of money. Goodness. I hope they had a lot of money. I hope they did. I hope it wasn't somebody sitting there like, this is my retirement. I need to add $11,000 to it, which nowadays $11,000 ain't worth nothing. So anyway, we're watching sports. We're watching the He Gets Us commercials. I'm sure everybody's seen those. They kind of took me by surprise. Uh, when The first week I saw one, I didn't understand what I was looking at. It looked very much like a politically motivated immigrant-type commercial, mm-hmm. open the borders-type thing, let all the immigrants in, which is really kind of what it was. But the end of it, it sound, it made it sound like they were escaping Bethlehem, and then it said, Jesus, he gets us. But the pictures and stuff weren't anything from back then. They were all modern-day pictures. Right. And I thought, ah, that's not right. You know, what is this? And uh, it immediately, my... I don't know if you call them spotty senses or Berean senses. Are they Berean senses? Is that a term? We're going off. It didn't mean I was right about it, but uh, I was wondering who's doing this. Where's this coming from? And we were kind of talking about it last week, and you were saying that you were having a hard time navigating their website. And I'll tell you, their website is difficult to navigate. I've had to save all the pages I wanted to go over because I could get to something, not people back back out of it. I'd have to close their website down come back into it and start over. You were saying it went back to the United Methodist Church. They're saying they're non-denominational, you know, that their money's from donors and whatnot. Whenever I looked it up, I found out donation from the Servant Foundation. I think this is where you got your the United Methodist Oklahoma, connections. Yeah, Oklahoma, right? There's a church in I Oklahoma, believe so. Tulsa, There's maybe. a Servant Church. It's uh, the Church of the Servants, what it's called, and they have the Servant Foundation. But whenever you look up the Servant Foundation – it all comes back to it's actually taken care of by the United Methodist Church mm-hmm. is the one that decides how to spend that money. Right. And so I started looking at the Servant Church. And, of course, uh, they have a nice facility. They had a statue of Jesus out in the lobby, which is kind of weird. But I did remember the second commandment was make a graven image. <laughs> and so, Oh, hold on. Man, I think I got that one backwards. I got that one backwards. But it's never a good sign when you've got you know statues of uh Jesus out in here. I don't know. To me, that's a Berean sense going mm-hmm. off again. I don't know if you feel that one. But then I saw they had a coffee shop, and I'm like, well, my wife would probably love this place. You know, get some look, some Starbucks of some sort. They had a gift shop, you know. Those are things all churches should have, by the way, for the visitors that come through that want a gift shop saying they were at your church. Well, you, know, you, know, you know, that was a big suggestion when they were coming about, you know, the new addition on our building. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Like, so that's... Yeah. But, Pretty popular, anyway. And we're in a metropolis out there where we are. (laughs) But I didn't know that. Man, goodness gracious. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't make fun then. I don't know. I live in a glass house, Scooter. No stones should be thrown here. But whenever I go to looking at their church, I watched, uh, I'm I'm not even going to lie, I've watched just a couple of minutes of a couple of different sermons. I was trying to see if I could hear anything too wacky. It sounded like a church that you would go into, you know, in the country, and the preacher's um, preaching, but it's very topical. You know, it has, you know, relationships as the title or mm. whatever, you know, things like that. Not really my cup of tea, but I'm not going to say it's heretical or anything to do that. So I looked at some of that, but then I got to looking at the, the people in the church, and the head pastor went to a Candler School of Theology and looked it up, and that's a Methodist Episcopal church. Almost every person in the church went to a Methodist University or Wesley mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, it's part so, of Emory, so, I, it's, yeah. it's, you know, Emory yeah. College, but a lot of people may know Emory. And not that there's anything wrong no. with mm-hmm. being Methodist mm-hmm. the, 
Orthodox denomination, but this is a non-denominational church that's really a United Methodist church. Mm-hmm. You know, just like a lot of churches in our area, we have a lot of Baptist churches in Texas, and a lot of the non-denominational churches are really just Baptist churches that don't want to be Correct. part of the denomination for the most, for whatever reason. Maybe they don't want to send their money that way or whatever. And there's plenty of reasons for that. You can be Orthodox and not be a member of a denomination, so please do not get upset at me about this. But we all know that the United Methodist Church, a lot like the uh, Southern Baptist Convention lately, there's a very liberal vein in it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of churches recently, especially some of these country churches, that don't agree with like the homosexual agenda that's being pushed, the social justice agenda that's being pushed, that are getting out of these denominations. We've had churches locally that have decided we can't support the United Methodists anymore and have separated. Mm-hmm. There's been local churches that are very conservative that don't like how the Southern Baptist Convention's going that have had talks about leaving the convention. And I'm sure if the convention takes certain actions that they will get out. Mm-hmm. And I even saw, when talking about donors for this He Gets Me thing, I saw where the Southern Baptists had announced at one point that they were going to get into it, and I believe they backed out pretty quick. One of the pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention is Tom Buck uh, from East Texas, and I know whenever he heard they were going to get in, he messaged this website, He Gets Me, because you can send them messages, they'll pray with you, things like that, they'll help you with resources. Those are all good things, mm-hmm. okay, guys? If you got a resource out there where you can get a hold of somebody and get prayer, but it needs to be done in truth, right? They need to... Uh, be able to give you biblical advice. And he told them that he was transgender. He was looking for a transgender affirming church. Hmm. Don't we have one here? That will be bleeped out, by the way. <laughs> they said, send me some information. He put all this on Twitter, by the way. He showed the messages and stuff. And they sent him back a deal showing him churches he could go to that affirmed his transgenderness or whatever. And I've been told other people, this is not things I've seen with my eyes, so I don't know this for sure, have asked, is God for homosexuals? Is he okay with homosexuality? And they were told yes. So that's that. That's always a bad sign, mm-hmm. right? This just seems. Well, it all comes in, you know, how do you pose the question and what are you really asking? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. God, and that's the thing. And like we talked about the Andy, Andy Stanley thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll send you, I don't want to ride Andy Stanley every single podcast. But after that last, I, I don't know if my phone hears me talking about him and it just gives me more information <laughs> or what the deal is. But Andy Stanley has come out and he did this talk with pastors where he was telling them basically that homosexuals, you know, have the best faith in his church because they've been pushed away and they still love God and all this stuff. And they've been told they can't do certain things. And they and if he had people that were as dedicated as homosexual members, he would have a backlog of people he could call to do things that were available to work. And he was saying how in churches today we get it. And you look around, you see a homosexual there, you're excited. And you're like, oh, I'm so happy they're, they're here and all this stuff. We have homosexuals in our church. And... You have to pardon us for that. We're weird. So we're the weirdos. The homosexuals are the... We have the, yeah, the new yeah. rainbow classroom. Yes, yes. We're having to understand. But there was a pastor on Twitter that come out, and he said he was going to share this information. He said at first he didn't share it because it was a private conversation, but he said several years ago that he was having dinner with Andy Stanley with several other pastors. It wasn't just him. That Andy Stanley had come to this pastor's conference, and they were having like a, a dinner with him, and they were getting asking questions and stuff. And they got to talking about homosexuals, and he said he was basically affirming homosexuals and that the church was living in the dark ages and all this stuff. And I'll, I'll find his stuff, and I'll put his name in the show notes, and you can look up his tweets. He has a whole deal explaining the situation. I don't want to speak wrongly. I don't have the information in front of me. But he basically said that he couldn't believe he was sitting there and having to argue with him about homosexuality, which is clear in the Bible. And he said other pa- he said it wasn't just him. He said other pastors were having to disagree with him on it. And he said he didn't want to really share the information because it was a private conversation. But he said here recently with some of the things said, he wanted to let it be known, you know, what his views on that were. I don't know. Two, two quick things on that. We've talked yeah. before about uh, the faith and the fervor for which – Mormons exercise what they do. So by that definition, do we need to become Mormon now? Because they're so much better. 
at, at showing their faith. Oh, I get what you're you know saying. What I mean? They work harder than we do. There you go. Jehovah's Witnesses. And, and number two, I don't see how these people miss the fact that homosexuality is certainly an issue culturally mm-hmm. today, and it always has been. Yeah. But nowhere near to the degree it was when the church was first birthed and started to move, where it yeah. was rampant. Yeah. You know, that was widely accepted, widely popular. But not, not in Judaism. Not in Judaism, yeah. but but what I'm saying is to put it out there in yeah. the world like it came. And the Paul Romans. And the disciples basically yeah. to the Gentiles. Yeah. You know, and to see that it's, the message has not changed. Yeah. It's, and I wouldn't argue that homosexuality is not something that's natural. to It's unnatural, don't get me wrong, but something that's been in the hearts of men for a long time. You just go back to Genesis, and you can see it seems to be something that's been there the whole time. Of course, it's an anti-God thing. Sure. We don't want to spend the whole thing just on homosexuality. Yeah, yeah. We don't get to what we wanted to talk about. But let me just say this. I think maybe we have brought it up in the past before. But Paul went so so far as, and you were in Corinthians mm-hmm. at this conference, he went so far as to commend the yeah. Corinthian church mm-hmm. because of their lifestyle and how they had dramatically changed from yes. what they were doing. Yeah. So, it you know, it's something that can be handled. It's it's a biblical precept. Yeah. You know, I I just think it's a warning sign if you see a church group that's saying something pro-homosexual or like they're in favor of it and they're well, okay it with it and they understand it. it. It's a numbers game. How many butts can yeah. we put in the seat? And basically. that's a thing where I think you should immediately, as a Christian, no matter what other theology you're hearing coming out of this church, think you should turn the other way and go the other direction. Once you start giving in on the small things, other things crumble with it. Well, if we don't have to do this then why do we have to do that it's it's a popularity contest and of course jesus never had his eye on being popular he came to you know well for the truth and to me and i i don't want to get crazy down the rabbit hole here but churches that have women ministers it clearly says no you can come up with all sorts of justifications. I'm not saying men are better than women. The Bible's not saying men are better than no, women. No, and, and to go even further than that, it also tells you that a lot of men are not qualified. Oh, yes, but yes. You know what I mean? So, so it, you know, John MacArthur would say, if you have a woman minister, you don't have a church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what he would say. But it's one of those things where I think you could have a woman who's orthodox on everything, mm-hmm. understands Scripture, preaches it correctly, as your so that your church is actually fairly orthodox, but you've already given in on that one thing, yeah. you know, and that's all it takes. That's all it takes, you know, a, a little leaven, the whole loaf. Anyway, let's not. I have no issue with women, okay, but they just can't be pastors. I mean, read Second Timothy if you disagree with me. Uh, read and, that and get and, back with me. Send me an and, email. Send me just and, and you can disagree believe with me. You can believe Zach because uh, Zach and I both are huge mamas boys oh. <laughs> because we do have two wonderful mothers. So. Daughters. Great great wives. Yeah, great wives. Yeah, we yeah. do have some some daughters that are growing up. It's, it's, and, it sounds like we're protesting too much here, Scooter. <laughs> sounds like we're protesting too oh, much. Here. Shakespeare. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, or guys and dolls, however you want to be addressed. Sorry for the brief interruption, but I look far and wide, but apparently God has not created a transition that would bridge our last statement to our current statement. I guess that's what happens when you chase rabbits. So I'm just going to say, now welcome back to your regularly scheduled program. And also while we're talking about the funding of this, uh, just so people know, their their favorite company, Hobby Lobby, uh, David Green, the owner of that, has also announced that he's giving money. On their website, they say that most of their donors want to remain anonymous. So they don't share who their donors are. So you got to kind of do some digging to see where the money's coming from. And they have a lot of it. Because like I said, if you're going to run ads in Super Bowl, yeah. you're, this is not chump change that we're talking about. They claim 20,000 churches are helping out. Well, and one part that I did read in some of the little research I was able to do was the people they've hired to market this campaign. Very reputable. They've already done stuff for uh, Focus on the Family and uh, Allied Defense Fund. So they're not sparing any cost when it comes to this. So they're serious. They said over three years they're wanting to spend a billion dollars in ad revenue. Okay, so let's see what let's see what their uh, point is. This is their agenda, as they put on their and website. And it's very well marketed, you can yeah. tell. Their first thing, how did the story of a man who taught and practiced unconditional love, peace, and kindness, who spent his life defending the poor and the marginalized... Okay, whatever. <laughs> <A> man, <laughs> this is just all... 
political buzzwords mm-hmm. to me. It's marginalized. It's poor. It's almost a Marxist type thing whenever you're listening to it. But we can't say that yet, right? A man who even forgave his killers while they executed him unjustly, whose life inspired a radical movement that is still impacting the world thousands of... A radical movement, Scooter. That's what Christianity is. Mm-hmm. How did this man's story become associated with hatred, oppression for so many people? And how might we rediscover the promise of love and his, sto- his story represents? Those are the questions at the heart of He Gets Us unconditional love, peace, and kindness. That was his whole thing. That's why he came. And it all sounds good. Yeah. If that, you, I mean, if you don't really, if you don't know any better, but it, it all sounds good. See, here, here's the problem we're going to find as we go through this is. It is a good campaign speech. They're describing someone who's not Jesus mm-hmm. is, is what the issue is here. But you wouldn't know that. Most people wouldn't. No. You know. They did a survey of people to find out what they knew about Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is what the people that put the thing together said. And they found out people don't really know who the biblical Jesus is. So they decided they would make up their own fake Jesus and put it out there in front of them. And that's what it seems like to me. Well, no, and that's what I'm saying. You can see how it's yeah. marketing. And it's it's very effective because yeah. you can take any message to the illiterate. Yeah. You know, well, as, long as, you, as long as you dress it up and make it palatable. Yeah. So, Well, some, something we'll talk about here in just a little bit. They give Bible verses at the bottom of their different stories and stuff they tell. And I looked a couple of them up, and it's like, well, if you just read these verses, you know, you might think that it's saying what they say it's saying. But I, I did one that we'll talk about here in a little bit, but they gave the verse in Mark about Jesus having dinner with sinners and tax collectors and things like that. And basically, they'll say he didn't like the hypocrites, which were the Pharisees, which is true. That is true from Scripture, but that he, you know, he loved everyone else. He was super inclusive. Well, if you go look at that same story in Luke— it, he talks about them repenting, whatever, whatever. Let's, uh, that was his whole reason for being here. And, you know, he started this radical movement that's uh, still going on today. It's all he was, you know, is a radical movement that still affects the world today. An accurate description of what Christianity is. Define radical. I know. That, that's the thing. You know, where are you coming from when you say radical? Are you saying something that wasn't palatable at the time? Mm-hmm. Well, of course it wasn't. The truth never really is. We've already talked about how truth is exclusionary. So if you want to look at it like that as being radical, then okay. Yeah. I see the rationale behind that. But just that it's something that nobody wants to hear or it's, you know, oh, my gosh, what what's he talking about? You know, and that's a little bit different. Yeah. Or how, how about this view they have? This is part of their agenda. Throughout our shared history, Jesus has represented the ultimate good that humankind is capable of aspiring to. Is that the message of the Bible? No. No. You can't aspire to be like mm. Christ. If you could, men might be capable of saving themselves. Correct. You know, Jesus was And you wouldn't unneeded. need Christ. Yes. You wouldn't need the story. The, the thing that gets me, and you'll see this in none of these stories, you won't see, okay, I want to be fair to them. Whenever you look at about us, they say that they believe Jesus was more than a man, that he was God. And that he died and he rose again. But for what? Mm-hmm. It doesn't say what he did it for. And it also says if you're not there with us, we understand. But they want to join together with you, you know, to tell this. You can still be inspired by Jesus. Yeah, and, Is that and, what Jesus was about? No. And, and I'll talk a little bit about that because uh, that's one of the points that, that I had written down. Yeah. But also in one of the paragraphs, it talks about how they make a statement of how our beliefs and on sexuality and all this other stuff is under attack. It's not about our beliefs. This is about the Bible's but You know, here we are making about ourselves again. This is something I thought was interesting, too. It says, he gets us is a diverse group, which diverse is a buzzword, okay, of Jesus followers and a wide variety of faith journeys and lived experiences. Our work represents input from Christians who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So they are. This is one of the few spots you'll see where they actually say he's the Son of God. He's not just some influencer Mm -hmm. or something out there. As well as many others who, though not Christians, share a deep admiration for the man that that Jesus was. And we are deeply inspired and curious to explore his story. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people that are curious about Jesus who don't believe in him. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Okay. 
they, and there are people that do that, and those are people that manipulate who Jesus is, which is a lot like what this website is doing well, here. We look at the biography of Jesus through a modern lens and find new relevance and often overlook moments and themes from his life. We've connected with thousands of people of various faith traditions and those who claim no religion. We spoke all, to all kinds of people, different backgrounds, beliefs, and yes, political affiliations. And yes, what we've learned from politics to sexuality and religion, so many of us feel like our values, beliefs, and identities are under attack by ideological others, in quotation mark, around us. Many perceive those who differ with them on issues of justice, dignity, and humanity are not just wrong or misguided, but also as evil, as enemies. We often see others, quotation marks, as closed-minded, selfish, hypocritical, and if we're to be honest, many of us respond in kind. They feel like they're under attack because for their sexuality. Well, it's just talking about our values. That's the thing that sticks out to me. This doesn't really have anything to do with... Well, it's grouping everybody into one group. Right, right. Because like I said, in, in the other part where they talk about the us part, it says, rediscover the love in the story of Jesus. Christians non-Christians, and everyone in between. So they're saying whatever faith you're of, whatever you identify as, we're all in one group, Christians, non-Christians, and Buddhists, and Hindus, and Muslims. Well, they're trying just like our society today. Everything is all-inclusive, which flies in the face of an exclusive message from an exclusive God, the only God. It's an ecumenical type thing. Mm -hmm. And let's let's play a video so people can get the gist of what we're looking at. It's entitled Dinner Party. And as we're going through this, just know the um, people in the videos, it's modern day stuff. Let's kind of. A caring man took a walk. Everywhere he looked, people suffered. Anxiety ran high. A man handcuffed behind a police car. dwindled. Hatred rose. People fighting in the street. His neighbors had lost trust. Got in the back of a police car. And in each other. Cars on fire. I need to do something, he thought. I'll bring them together and feed them. Around the dinner table, they can talk and see how much they have in common. Shared struggles. Shared joy. Shared pain. So he prepared a feast and invited all into his home. But some refused to sit at his table because they chose to only see differences. Police in the street. He was heartbroken because he wanted everyone to eat and be filled. Not with food and wine, but with compassion. And it says, Jesus welcomed all to the table. He gets us, all of us. Now, very well done video. Mm-hmm. The music's good. It's got emotion to it. The, the story sounds very nice. Um, this actually was one of the least offensive videos as far as the pictures they showed. I've seen ones where Jesus was basically a gang member. You know, and he's leading a bunch of hoodlums around. The, uh, they all got tattoos and chains and whatever. This video, and especially down below, it talks about who Jesus was and who he accepted and stuff. And it said, it was a radical time. No one was inclusive. The righteous do-gooders began to whisper behind his back. They called him a friend of sinners. It was supposed to be an assault. But Jesus wore it proudly. He was a friend to everyone. What do friends do? They eat dinner together and share each other's lives. So they're they're showing Jesus as inclusive. They said no one at the time was inclusive, but Jesus was inclusive. And he sat with sinners and tax collectors. And he was accused of these things, for sure. They gave the verse from Mark 2, 13 through 17, and it tells the story of Jesus bringing Matthew in as a tax collector, and he tells him to come follow him, and it talks about how he was eating with these people, and the Pharisees come and questioned it. So in Luke 5, tells the same story of Matthew being called by Jesus, and it tells the same story of the Pharisees coming, and it's almost the exact same wording, but at the end of it, he says, um, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mm -hmm. It didn't have repentance in the verse they used. They used Mark, didn't say repentance. So Jesus wasn't bringing in these sinners 
and telling them, it's cool that you're a sinner. Just hang out with me because I love you. He called them to repentance here. So there's there's other Bible verses too, you know, where Jesus calls them to repentance. And like I said, it's the way they worded it. I mean, this is, yeah. I don't want to use brilliant. But who they're trying to get the message across to? I think oh. it's a it's a it's a pretty good little scam job. I've seen plenty of Christians on YouTube or Christian YouTube channels where they're like, "Oh, it's awesome! This well, he gets us campaigns out and is teaching people about Jesus." And for as many that do that, there's plenty. There's as many saying this is not right. You know, do you remember doing. what I told you last week? You asked me about this, and and I told you exactly what the first thing that came to my mind after I read it. Remember the People's Temple. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, with Jim, I got a Jim Jones vibe out of this. <laughs> now, Scooter, not everybody's going to know Jim Jones on there. Okay, well, go do, Google it, and you'll you'll find out about now, it. Now, a lot of people know that's, that's the drink the Kool-Aid situation, yeah. yeah. And that that's a, uh, yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, and I guess, you could, I guess you could see that a little bit. That was a little bit, and that was a communist-type socialist movement that was going on more than a religious movement. Mm-hmm. And this could be the same way. And the, the feeling I get from this is the Jesus they're describing, they never describe why he came, what his purpose was. They make it sound like it's just an overarching, he wants everybody to love everybody. You know, mm-hmm. no hate. Uh, a lot of this looks like modern-day social justice stuff. If They've got a ton of these videos. All the videos are well done. But none of them really gets around. I mean, like you can see here, he's radically inclusive well no jesus was exclusive and we, and we can get that i mean you probably got some verses on that one i didn't write any down i oh, didn't write <laughs> i didn't know if that's what you were wanting to talk about but uh well i mean let's think john fourteen six, and this is something that i've mm-hmm. ran across before there was a movie called son of god i don't know if you ever saw that mm-hmm. it was a christian movie it was made <sighs> It was the, you know, it's it's a Catholic group that makes them. I can't think of the guy's name, but they make, they've made several Christian movies, and they're fairly well produced, got good actors in them. And when you watch them and you see actual moments that they cover from the Bible that Jesus did, that you know, you can feel it. It's, it's nice to see, you know, it's like, oh, man, this is, this is good. But then they have other things that are so off the mark, and this is one of them. Jesus is sitting there with his disciples, and he's telling them where he's going to go. They can go also, and Thomas is questioning it. You know, where are you going? We don't know where you're going. We don't know how to get there. Exactly. We do not know the way. And what does he tell them? He says, I am, I am the way. Well, whenever I watched it in this movie, he was going, he was like, he was in a daze thinking about what was going to be coming. He's like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then that was it. That was it. Yeah. And that's kind of where these people are. They're saying he's inclusive. He's the way, the truth, and life. Just follow him. He said, the way, the truth, the life. Exactly. Definite article. He's the, he is the only. And he which, said, no man comes to the Father but through me. Which is a radical yes. statement. Yeah, it but is. it is certainly not inclusive. It is not inclusive <laughs> at all. It's exclusive. It is through him only. When he said it, he said it with power. It wasn't just like a throwaway statement he made. I mean, he, he made it clear he was all those things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's part of the major issue with the he gets us thing is it paints the wrong Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, even though they say they're not politically motivated, all these things look like a social justice I hate to say I hate to say Marxism all the time, but a Marxist almost thing. This is this is you might as well give your money to the LDS, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They have Jesus over there too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's Jesus. He's, they say he's Jesus of the Bible. When you dig deep on their Jesus, he was created. He was the son of God and heavenly Mother, which I've never heard about before. He's the brother of Satan. What, at what point is this the Jesus that the Bible paints? The Mormon Jesus is not the Jesus the Bible yeah. paints. It's, it would be like me saying my friend LeBron James, you freaking out, and you get there, and he's a four-foot-two white guy with red hair. <laughs> you know, Oh, that's not LeBron James. Well, yeah, that's LeBron. That's his name. That's not the one you're thinking about. Well, it, it, it just it bothers me uh, early on in John, you know, when it's announcing uh, Jesus and yeah. his purpose. 
it talks about Moses brought the law, but it specifically says grace and truth came through Christ. So they don't have an issue with grace. Matter of fact, they usually try to take the word grace and insert yeah. love and kind of get a you know convoluted definition of what grace is to them. Yeah. But anyway, they never want to talk about truth. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the point that that strikes me about this whole. I watched those videos, Zach, and instead of putting Jesus at the end, yeah, put Nike. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing, is it not? <laughs> you could. We're putting probably. a brand. We've got the better brand. Yeah. So, well, the thing I thought about too earlier, what was talking about, he spent his life defending the poor and the marginal. Like, that's why he was here for the poor people. Well, Jesus was poor himself. Mm-hmm. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have, have a, place a place to lay, to lay his, his head. head. Yeah. He he was part of that group, and there was a lot of poor people back there. There was a lot of hungry people, and guess what? He fed like five thousand of them one time. Mm-hmm. Created food, fed them. Well, what happened the next day when they come back looking for more food? They didn't. He didn't go. Oh, I love y'all so much. Here's more food. Right. He said, "I am the bread that came from heaven. Eat of me, and you'll live forever." They get in a huge argument. He ends up telling them they're not of Abraham because if they were of Abraham, Abraham believed him, and they would believe him as well. Mm-hmm. They didn't. He said, "Your father is Satan." Yeah. Oh man, that's really. That's just. I love you. Come on in. You know, be part. Set at my table and eat. You know, that's. There's no conditions on that, is there? He said, no, you're not. Your father's Satan. How? What did it say? Many left him that day. Mm-hmm. Many. People stopped following him at that point. You know, Because the message yeah. was radical, so but G- it was not inclusive. But he didn't always just beg. He wasn't begging people to come in. He pushed people away a lot. He could have made it easier for the rich young ruler. He mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. He said, you still have a sin problem. You love your stuff. And he was disheartened. Yes. And he left. And, he left, and mm-hmm. Jesus didn't chase him down and beg him to come yeah, back. Exactly. Of course, he was a rich guy, and that's not who these people think that, you know, all this stuff's going for. But I've also th- I also thought about this, and now I know that, and I think you were alluding to this earlier. I know that they're not thinking um, anything outside the red letters. I'm sure this is very much a you only have to read the red letters type thing, even though they forget all the black ones are from Jesus as well mm. in the Bible. You know, he is the Word of God, and if you believe the the Bible is fully you know, inspired by God, is the is God breathed, then all the black letters belong to Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. And if you don't agree with us, I'm not going back through this. Go back and look at our old podcast. We've yeah. got some stuff that covers this. But uh, Or read the Bible. How about yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. But in 1 Corinthians, he said, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says, such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the spirit of our God. So this is what he's saying. He's saying, yeah, sinners did come to Jesus. Oh, this whole group of people that he's calling sinners, and I don't want to go into defining what each of those groups mean, but a lot of this is sexual sin in mm-hmm. here. But he doesn't say they're still that way. He doesn't say, yeah, come on in, you're welcome. He's saying, such were some of you, but now you've been justified the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. So. All right. Once, once again, an example of something very radical to come out from the mouth of Jesus, but something that is not inclusive. Matter of fact, very it's specifically exclusive here. When you use the word such of, you know, some of you, such were you. Mm-hmm. The more I got into it, like I wanted to give these people kind of the benefit of the doubt. I do believe that there are some people behind this with yeah. pure motives. I just think they're misguided. They might be, but if they're they're going to paint a fake Jesus to try to exactly. get people into the kingdom of God, I think they're going to have to answer for that. Well, well, not only that, that, that's also the more that I thought about it. Yeah. That's what makes us more dangerous because you do have credibility. When, if you're going to start throwing in people that are associated with the church, you know, well, even though they don't want to call their names out, we do have a couple of names. Now, now you're, you're, it's like me putting my stamp behind it if I was somebody. Yeah. Well, you know? you're going to paint something that 
kind of resembles Jesus. And but what at the end of the day, what are you doing? You're making an idol up in your own mind. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you might as well be making the graven image. You you put you're having a god before the real god because mm-hmm. this is not how the real god represents himself. He was exclusive, and he said he even said it himself. We read his words when he said that. And yes, Jesus did. He dined with sinners and tax collectors, people that the Pharisees wouldn't come near. But he didn't leave them where they were. He called them to repentance. He made them followers of him. He covered them when he died. But the Pharisees thought themselves holy and they weren't. Whatever. I can't do a whole Bible lesson here, Scooter. Just, I would say stay away from this. I definitely wouldn't give my money to it. I wouldn't tell people, hey, go watch these videos. These videos have been watched millions of times on YouTube. And they're well-produced videos. There's a lot of good money behind this. Like mm-hmm. you said, the ad campaign's really strong behind it. But if they did the videos truly who Jesus was and talked about him being exclusive, people wouldn't be people would be turned away from it because mm-hmm. that, that's not what they want. They like this idea of a Jesus that makes no demands on them, who says, oh, yeah, bring your homosexuality in here. Bring your, uh, you know, your fornication and stuff. And it's cool. We'll hang out together. Just we'll just all love each other in our sin. Well, and the Bible never pr- teaches that, and, and that's really the danger. Like we talked about a while ago, it's about to me how many butts can we get in the seat? If we can just get them into the church house, then we can load them up. With, yeah. And I don't even well, know if that's I behind yeah, it. I don't know if it is either. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if that's behind it, but still, that's misguided. Yeah, because that's not how God set it up. We're to plant the seed, which is the truth. Even Paul said. We should not be, and he wasn't, ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. It's the gospel and gospel alone. Is it radical enough to save anyone from any walk of life, no matter what? Sure, but it's not inclusive. It's not just saying, okay, you throw your hands up and say amen. Guess what? Come on in. Well, 1 John 3, 9 says, none born of God practices sin. Now, that that hits me, too, Mm -hmm. that I realize I'm still a sinner as well. But I think this is like knowingly, I know I have sin. I'm not going to fight it at all. You know, I'm just going to. Well, if you have the Holy Spirit, you have that power. I love my sin, and I'm going to live in it. I'm going to identify as it. When you identify as homosexual, you're not really in Christ. You know, you would identify as a Christian in Christ. You would identify as someone that struggles with that. But you wouldn't identify yourself with sin. I'm a murderer. You know, okay, well, you're identifying as a murderer. You're identifying with that sin. You know, it's just, by the way, I'm not a murderer. Please don't, <laughs> don't take well, that and, sound and, and you don't, And you don't really need this. We talk about the radical message. Let's use another example mm-hmm. with uh, Christ with the woman at the well. Yeah. And talking about, you know, you said, I'm the bread of life. Well, here he talks about, if you would have drank of me, I'm yeah. the fountain of life. Yeah, you would have living no, water. Yeah, and just that little simple message, even though it was radical, mm-hmm. was taken back to the city or cities, and many people were converted. So we don't have to try and juice or spice up the gospel because the truth is true, and the truth truly will set you free. We, that's what we're told oh, yeah. in the Bible. And who is the truth? It's Christ. Yeah. And, and if you'll the, listen to the truth, you'll listen to him. I'm the truth. And I don't know if I'm going to play this other video. I'm think, I think we understand. There's tons of videos on this website, and they're all like, Hashtag activism, a- activism, half, half tag, <laughs> hashtag refugee. In other words, you could have said a lot worse than that. So that's <laughs> I guess so. But the, uh, there's a video on here called Jesus was a refugee. And it shows if you're just watching the video, I thought it this was the first one I saw. It looks like a politically motivated video as far as like people. You can tell it looks like people trying to get into America that they look like um if you want to call them immigrants, I don't know what you. I don't, what's the politically correct word, Scooter? I don't know what do they call them. Ill- uh, illegal aliens. <laughs> That's not the politically correct word for it. But Does the, that not uh, work? You know that. What was? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't want to get into that too much. But for the most part, <laughs> it's the liberals that are bring them in, bring them in. Because and it's all a political machine thing. They don't care if drugs are getting in, if people are getting hurt. They're not worried about the people that live here whether violence is being done to them. I think we all have compassion on people that want to do better for their families Mm -hmm. that say, hey, I can give my family a better life if I can cross over this invisible line here. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all there, but we also have to love the people that are here by protecting them 
against drug pushers and gun pushers and people like that because we know there's bad people trying to cross as well. We just want to set up a barrier where we can determine who's good and who's bad. Right. Another podcast. Yes. Another podcast. But anyway, in this video, it looks like the where they're playing on people's heartstrings, these families trying to come across, shows many people trying to get across. And I'll tell you what, I'll play it. It's just mm-hmm. like a one-minute video, and I, we'll just listen. There was a mother and a father who had a son. They lived in a small village and didn't have much money, but they were happy. One day, they heard the head of their country was sending soldiers to their town because he thought they were part of an insurrection. The young family decided to flee. They grabbed only what they could carry and ran. They hiked for days, wondering if soldiers might still be following them. They were scared, hungry, and exhausted taking place in Bethlehem. How did we go from Joseph wanted a safe place to call home. Jesus was a refugee. He gets us. We went all long, of us. We went a long way from where's that? <laughs> that's, Punta Chalamea to Bethlehem. That's, that's the first one I saw where it said it said Bethlehem, and I saw what. Oh, that was the, it was the stick at the end of the, You didn't know they were talking about Jesus that whole time. They were talking about when Herod was going to kill all the, the kids under two years old. And, of course, it, what an angel warned them. But what did it say in Matthew? They went into Egypt so they could come out of Egypt right. so that prophecy could be fulfilled. That's why they did it. But also, I saw somebody else do a video on this one. And they were saying that uh, Jesus never left the Roman Empire. Egypt was part of the Roman Empire at the time. So technically, he didn't even leave the country that was... uh, They were still part of Rome whenever they went to Egypt. Plus, they went and they stayed amongst other Jewish people at the time. They had synagogues and stuff there. But it was all for prophecy to be fulfilled. The person that made the other video pointed out the fact that the people who are making this video are probably all for women's rights. So technically, they would have been on the side of Herod and not not on the side of Jesus. They're all for uh, baby murdering. So uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting point they made. I'm sure they would take umbrance to that. but um, You know, I'm glad now that we've talked about this that mm -hmm. I didn't spend more time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I'm getting a little bit more perturbed. I've also realized now, to me, isn't this kind of insulting? Because you're really playing on a simple mind here. Well, it, it's, to me, when it comes down, it's to heartstrings. It. It's heartstrings and stuff. And basically, this, even though they're saying this is about Jesus, this is really about oh, Jesus needed. Jesus was a refugee. Let's bring in all these refugees. They're calling them refugees too. Not all these people are refugees coming across, you know. And it is against the law to just cross the border. It is illegal. But you're not allowed to say it's illegal anymore. These are Isalis or whatever. On the, yeah. on the sovereignty of the United States. But it said, after King Herod's death, Joseph and Mary returned to Israel. But the impact of being displaced always stuck with Jesus. Where are they getting that from? I don't know. Where, where does he say, as a child, I had to live in Egypt and it's always been an issue yeah, for and me? We can, and we I, can see I, it in his compassion. Oh, we, oh, this is where they're getting it from. His compassion towards others. Who were labeled outsiders, the Samaritans, the lepers, the tax collectors, and the sinners. Oh, that they 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 did. So deduced, how did we go from aliens <laughs> to outsiders? <laughs> they deduced it from, and you know, especially since we know very little about Jesus' early life. Yeah, uh, I know. Where are you digging this? It always up? it always stuck with him. If it if that hadn't happened, Scooter, he wouldn't have had compassion on these other people. He learned compassion from going to Egypt. They're, they're known for their compassion in mm-hmm. Egypt. He picked it up from somebody, you know. It's amazing. Oh, dude. Is there anything else even be said about this? There, there are so many videos. We could go through every one of them, but none of them are going to talk about Christ's actual work on the cross and, and came to, you know, save us from our sins 
and that you need him to get into heaven. It's not going to deliver a gospel in here at all. And they've even made it clear. I think they've honestly changed their about page since the last time I looked at it. Because the last time I looked at it, they said all the things that they believe, that Jesus died and was rose again. They didn't say for what purpose, but right after it, it said, and no matter where you are, you know, we want you to join in with it. Even if you don't, even if you can't, it said something like, even if you can't make that stretch or if you can't make that jump, we still want you to join us in admiring the life of Jesus or whatever. You know, it was one of those yeah. weird, it was a weird statement like that where it was like, oh, well, we understand if you don't believe the same thing we do. And they never even explained why it was important that they believe yeah. the way they do. And of course, their point that come and experience his beauty. Yeah. You'll never know his beauty no. until you make him Lord and Savior in no. your life. Yeah. Especially when it's a fake Jesus mm-hmm. that's not the real Jesus. Yeah. So why don't we come up with a campaign or get some Christian leaders to do something like But the thing is, nobody wants to get behind the exclusive Christ. It's what we talked about last week with the guy that wore the T-shirt, Jesus Saves. Well, yeah, well, we, the, but on the back of his shirt, it said Jesus is the only, only way. way. And that's where people have problems. And it's always going to be a stumbling stone for people. You know, yeah. the, the exclusive And it was back Christ. in those days. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. You could even you could even use part of their catchphrase, say, he gets us. That's why he came. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. He he gets us. He gets that we're all sinners mm-hmm. in need of a savior. And Amen. yeah. Yeah. That's that's the point of it. Not that I feel like probably most people that are willing to listen to our podcast probably would have dedu- deduced this from looking at this material if they saw it. But since it is such a big ad campaign. This is going to be the second year coming around to the Super Bowl. I think they're going to do another ad this year since they're pouring a billion dollars into it. I just, for anybody that just might get taken in on this, I'm going to tell you, I would stay away from mm-hmm. it. And, you know, feel free to look at their website if you can navigate it very well. It is a nice website. Just sometimes I'll get in a page and I can't get back off that page or I can't quite get to the same one I was on before. But, um, yeah, I would just, I would stay away from it. Read your Bible. Read the Gospels, learn about the real Jesus. Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> yes. And we may not have another podcast again next week. Um, you know, Scooter and I both work full time. We got kids that got birthdays and whatnot. And uh, it's, it's tough to pop it's to pop one out a week. I will. I, miss, I missed a cheer competition today. So oh, we can do well, this, oh so goodness. That's not the only reason. Oh, but. man. That's, <laughs> that's a horrible situation, man, having to miss a cheer conference like that. <laughs> He's re- he looks really sad right now, guys. I'm just going to let y'all know. It's peaceful at the house. But I was thinking <laughs> the next time we come back, probably not next week, but the week after, since we have a little bit of time, maybe we'll do something like maybe even talk about um, modern culture and our worship of evolution or our worship of science. Like, is that the new religion? Either that or, uh, you know, I'm willing some week I'm still willing to talk abortion. I mean, I know I've, I know we've talked about it some, and I talked about it as far as being another word for mercy, which we still I'm still looking for that one. I haven't found where it's a, a synonym at all. But uh, anyway, I think that's all we got this week. If you haven't witnessed to somebody, witness to somebody, and if you witness to somebody, witness to somebody else. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. And until next time. Keep styling and profiling. UC Cast out. <laughs>